won't quench the Spirit of God. Amen. Because He's more important than anything we could do. But I am sensitive enough to know when you're out of bullets, stop shooting. Amen. So if you turn with me in the Word of God in Romans chapter number 7. Romans chapter number 7. I want to read this in your presence and thank you for your commitment to prayer and for fasting. Thank you for that. It's honorable in the sight of God. But I want to say before I, I even begin this service, there are a number of people here that I believe the word of the Lord will speak very intently to on today. And if we'll just be open and honest with God, I believe, amen, we're going to leave this place differently than we came. I said as I pulled up on the yard, Lord, we had over 200 people here last Sunday. Where are they? Had 157 people the week before and over 200 on last Sunday. When a discussion, I began to think, well, Lord, you cannot put desire inside a person. You can't place desire inside a person. We either have it and develop it or we don't. Amen to the glory of God, somebody. But in case you haven't noticed, Jesus is coming soon. And the signs of the times point directly to that. But I, I want to talk a little bit today about the war that we're in. Not just the attacks that are being uh, executed on churches and people of faith around the world. But I want to talk about us, the body of Christ, who are in conflict with the enemy. It's nothing new to us. The word of the Lord has made it plain. Romans chapter 7 verse 14, if you're there, shout amen. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not do, I agree with the law that is no good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Hallelujah. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin God Lord anoint your word let it go forth in great power and conviction to move upon the hearts of all who are present here today if one person who is lost without you comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it will have been more than worth our time to be here. We glorify you in advance for what you will do. In Jesus' name, God's church said amen. You might be seated. I want to share a thought in your presence. The war within conquering oneself the war within 
conquering oneself. Is anybody glad Jesus made a way? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I feel a shout. Hallelujah. All because Jesus made a way. It was around the year of 57 A.D. from Corinth prior to his plans to journey to Jerusalem that Paul writes to the believers in Rome. You might say, well, pastor, isn't, the church, isn't this the church that Paul had a great desire to, to visit but, but really never got to? Exactly. Many scholars believe that uh, the church was established there by the Jews who were present on the day of Pentecost. And returning home, they spread the good news. Several themes or subject matters fill this powerful book, ranging from sin to service. And many scholars accredit Romans as Paul's greatest work. So I'd like for us today to investigate a little further. Paul begins by expressing the sinfulness of humanity. In other words, Brother Alfred, he paints the whole world guilty in the presence of a holy God. Isn't it a blessing to know, though, that, 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 that sin didn't originate with God in the beginning? Is that powerful, that sin didn't originate with God? Uh, saints of God, doesn't the Bible say that God made everything and he made it good? Is that the word? The scriptures declare that God made everything and he saw that it was good. So sin didn't originate with God in the beginning. Because humankind was originally created good and perfect. Look at Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and, and let's see what the word of God says. Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So in the beginning, Adam and Eve were God's perfect couple. They were perfect, sinless in the very presence of God. And God is good. Can I preach this? God is good. Is it, would it be safe to say that an effect always represents its cause? Somebody said, I don't quite understand. In other words, a result or an outcome represents who created it. So when the Bible says that God created man in his own image and in his likeness, Adam and Eve were in the very likeness of God, who is good and is perfect. Were Adam and Eve perfect initially in the garden? Were they flawed in any way? No, they were perfect. But friend of mine, let me make something clear to you today as crystal. Humanity's nature was corrupted as a result of sin. And because the nature, the very character, or the behavior of humankind was corrupted as a result of sin, it was passed along to their offspring. That is so unfortunate, but it is real. Another cause and effect. What do you mean? Their children were a result or an outcome of their mom and dad reproducing. And because they had adapted that sinful nature, it was passed along to their offspring. I want you to know that from that moment till now, there's been a declaration of war. Yes. 
There's been a declaration of war because from that moment to now, there has been the battle of this flesh. There's been a battle of the flesh. Every since man transgressed against God and became sin conscious, wouldn't it have been so amazing to know nothing but God? Do you realize in the beginning that Adam and Eve, Brother Jason, all they knew were God? Brother Michael, they only had a God conscience. They did not have a sin conscience. It wasn't until they violated the law of God Sin corrupted their nature, their behavior, and they developed a sin consciousness. Preach, pastor. Hallelujah. A Greek word, that word sarx, S-A-R-X, is a Greek word that refers to the physical body. You might ask, how does the flesh then manifest itself in us as human beings? Let's look at Paul's letter to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 19 through 21. This is how the flesh manifests, how the flesh displays or shows itself in us as human beings. Paul writes, now the works of the flesh are evident. What does that mean? Clearly visible. Purely obvious. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wraths, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, Revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand. Just as I also told you in times past that those who practice, Holy Ghost help me. Oh glory to God that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh, how do they display themselves? How do they manifest themselves through what we have just read? These wicked deeds become evident. They become clearly seen and visibly understood to the eye of whoever they are acted upon or to the person they are practiced on or carried out. Through the years, we have heard this term. Cardinal sin. That's a cardinal sin. Well, the term cardinal sin in relation to Christianity simply means that it's a very bad or a serious sin. Where in the world did that come from? Amen. I'm so grateful for your help, Brother Con. Actually, man arrived at that because it is man who has classified or categorized sin. We often, in our own human way of thinking, we like to do this. We like to mark sins as this one is greater than the other. This is a popular phrase. Cardinal sin. That's a cardinal sin. But I read in the Bible, in the Word of God, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 17, that all unrighteousness is sin. Help me, God. Hallelujah. All unrighteousness is sin. We can't categorize or mark sin as one greater than the other. The Bible clearly says that all unrighteousness is sin. What does unrighteous mean? It simply means the absence of righteousness. So every violation, every every transgression against the law of God is a sin. It's a sin. You know what we like to say? Well, I just tell a little white lie. What's the difference in a little white lie and adultery? There is none. All of them are unrighteous acts in the very presence of God. And we need to understand that the penalty for such is the same. It's the same. Preach, pastor. What literature and what society has listed uh, as the seven deadly sins. You ever heard that phrase? The seven deadly sins. They are lust, gluttony, greed, laziness, wrath, envy, and lastly, pride. 
the seven deadly sins. I said, Lord, have mercy. How can just seven sins be deadly when the Bible says that he that sinneth, the soul that sinneth, shall surely die? It didn't say if you practice these seven sins. It said if you sin. Not marking or categorizing sin, amen, but dragging the, the covering off of it and exposing it for what it is. All unrighteousness is sin. Hallelujah. I picked three today that I want to drive home in the presence of the Harvest Church family. And the first one that I picked was that of lust. What is lust? Lust is an intense or unrestrained sexual craving. That's what lust is. Our world is full of lust. We live in an entertainment-driven society. You better preach, preacher. The new Avengers movie came out just a few days ago. And they tell me you couldn't hardly find a parking space at a local theater. I said, Lord, I wish to God, amen, we could do something in the household of faith that would attract people like the movie theaters. You don't believe we like to be entertained. You better not ride by Millstone 14. Because the trailer for those things, it lures and attracts people. And they want to be entertained. It's just how we are. It's a part of our nature, our DNA. Hello? Didn't multitudes follow Jesus to see what they could see? We're entertainment driven. If you don't believe we're entertainment driven, then you amen, don't get out much. Let me tell you something about lust. Lust places its focus on the pleasing of oneself. It leads to unwholesome actions with no regard to circumstances. And this is what my research produced. One of the most powerful fleshly desires is that of lust. Lust. 2017 statistics uh, by Pornhub, which is a website. It said it gets 81 million views a day. Eighty-one million views daily. What does that translate into? That translates into four million an hour. Do I need to go any further? Break it down. That translates into 56,000 views every minute. 56,000. This ought to alarm us, saints of God. What are you saying? It says that by the age of 11, most children have been exposed to pornography. By the age of 11. You know something else that's startling? It says that it actually spikes the infidelity rate by 300%. 300%. Some of you are like, Pastor, these aren't things we ought to be talking about at church. I beg to differ. These are things that are happening in the church. Glory to God. I mean, the, the, the divorce rate used to be much greater in that of the world than it was with that of clergy, men and women. But can I bless you now and tell you that the enemy has pulled a cloak of darkness, a veil, a, a thick cloud over the eyes and reasoning of humanity. And now, amen, that rate is as high in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as it is in the world. It should alarm us because there's a war within us. We need the power of God to conquer our own self. Praise God. This is proof that Jeremiah knew what he was speaking about when he penned these words in Jeremiah 17 and 9. Are you listening, saints of God? What did Jeremiah say? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Every saint of God in this room would love to say, I know in a situation like that. I know in a set of circumstances that would present themselves like that. I've got enough God that I could walk away. You'd better be careful because the enemy will set a trap, amen. He will set a snare to pull you down from the ranks of the righteous and drag you in the pit of perdition that God has raised you out of talking about lust 
It's a problem that we have in the household of faith. It's a problem that we have as the human race, and it needs to be addressed. This verse proves, amen, it hammers away at the desperate wickedness of our human heart. Let me bless you and tell you this morning, I don't care how saved we think we are. I don't care, amen, how sanctified we believe that we are. I don't care how much we talk about how filled with the Holy Ghost that we are. We are completely incapable of pleasing God in the flesh we're incapable that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost I'm not talking about Casper the friendly ghost who has made everything okay now and what was a sin 30 years ago is not a sin anymore I'm not talking about that ghost of compromise I'm talking about the ghost of conviction Jesus said when he comes amen he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness glory to his name Come on now. Right, right. it's the Holy Ghost that tells us Be careful what we touch. Be careful what we see. Preach, Pastor. Preach, be careful what you say. Guard your words. It's the Holy Spirit of God that whips us into shape so that we please the Lord. Oh, my. I got to move on for the sake of time. The second one I want to talk about today is gluttony. Gluttony. Oh, my Lord, we don't want to talk about this, not as saints, not as the church. Gluttony means, do you understand that in Latin, the word gluttony means to gulp down? It means the overindulgence or even the overconsumption of food or drink. But let me bless you all too often and tell you how Christians view this with blinders on. We ignore this. Yeah. Yeah. We're the most obese people on the planet. Christians. Preach, Pastor. We often accept and even tolerate this sin. I said we often accept or even tolerate the sin of gluttony. And then every January 1st, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to get in shape. You're already a shape. You round as the Pillsbury Doughboy. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It begins with the right mindset. No wonder Paul encourages us to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It takes discipline. Somebody say that, discipline. We like to ignore this sin. We even tolerate it. And accept it. But we'll condemn somebody to hell for drinking a glass of wine. Hallelujah. Look, I thought they was walking their house and can't wait to tell somebody you saw a wine bottle. It was sparkling grape juice for crying out loud that was decorated like wine. You would crucify certain cultures of the world then who have wine with every meal. I would to God the Bible would say drinking is a sin, but it doesn't. The Bible says drinking in excess is a sin. Hmm? It said the overconsumption of... Some of y'all are like, yeah, I can still have my Michelob light. Some of you are like, you ain't never heard Pastor Beer makes you smarter. It made Bud wiser. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Somebody. Pastor, you mean to tell me that drinking is not a sin. No, drinking is not a sin. But the overconsumption of those items is a sin. The only vital nutrient that God created that we need is H2O, water. I know what y'all think, ain't beer got water in it? Yes. It's got hops and other stuff too. Preach, pastor. 
But I'm talking about gluttony, how that we will sit down at a table and eat until we hurt. Let me bless you and tell you, brother, that God calls us to control our appetites and not our appetites to have control over us. And Lord, don't declare a fast. Because people lie more during a fast than they've lied in their life. Start out on the fast. I'm not going to eat meat. And I'm not going to eat bread. And I'm not. Uh, uh, this week all I'm going to have, I'm going I'm to eat vegetables. I'm not going to drink sodas. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast. And after the third day, well, you know, I fasted three days. Let me bless some of you and tell you that fasting is not a dieting method. I hear y'all talking about how much weight you lost. I lost five pounds. Praise the Lord, I lost 13 pounds. Fasting is not a dieting method. If it were, y'all would fast every month. Let's preach this. And the truth of the matter is, if we would be honest with God right here in the company of our friends and the very presence of God, that many of us, before the 21 days had expired, we were eating foods that we originally committed that we wouldn't eat. Tell the truth and love Jesus. Fasting develops a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. If we could market fasting as some great weight loss solution, the whole world would buy into it. But that's not why we fast. We fast to gain a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. You can tell who fasted and it won't just be because they lost weight. It'll be because they've grown closer to the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Glory to the living God, somebody. Somebody said our 21-day Daniel fast is over, but I'm not done fasting. Well, glory to God and bless his name. We ought to condition and discipline ourselves to fast. No wonder we can't hold out for 21 days. It's the only time we fast. Evidently, you've never been in a position like Daniel was. Preach, pastor, preach. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say what we lack is willpower. What we lack is willpower. What's, what's a one-letter word that defines willpower? Determination. What we lack is determination. Willpower. Look at Daniel 1 and 8. Here's what the Word of God said in Daniel 1 and 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Pastor, what happened? Daniel, oh praise the living God. Daniel determined his convictions beforehand. You say, is that the same reason that he didn't fret when he was thrown into a hungry den of lions? Right, right. Exactly. Why? Why, Brother Arbus? Because he determined his conviction beforehand. Daniel, you can't pray to your God anymore. The Bible said as soon as Daniel knew the decree had been signed, Brother Sammy went to his place in the upper chamber. And he opened the window so all of them could see him. And the Bible said he turned toward Jerusalem. And he began to pray out to God. Let me tell you what that was. That was willpower. That was determination. I want to tell us today in the household of faith. If we're going to overcome uh, these enemies against our flesh. If we're going to overcome lust. We're going to overcome gluttony. It's going to be in the power of God. And the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're not able or capable in this flesh of defeating the enemy. Daniel determined his convictions before he went in. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They determined their convictions before they went in. Being known unto the old king that the God we serve, he is able to deliver us. But if not, oh glory to the Lamb of God. But if not, we're not going to bow down. Amen, hallelujah to God. What were they saying? I got my mind made up. I am determined, glory to God. Never please God in the flesh. 
It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost. Preach, preach, or preach. So the more often, saints, that we resist temptation, the stronger our willpower becomes. I didn't tell anyone I was honoring God on, on my job. But they saw that I wasn't feasting on those breakfast meals. And, and, and they said, what's the matter, brother? You all right? Some of y'all would have said, I'm fasting. I just said, I'm honoring the Lord. Then they started trying to give me chocolate. and They pull it out the pocket. They said, look at there, look at there. Ooh, look at that. I said, it's not going to work. It's not going to work because I got my mind made up. When you got your mind made up, saints of God shout hallelujah. Got your mind made up with the, with the Lord's help, you're going to make it. Praise God. Works of the flesh. Boy, that's something. How about greed? Pastor, you haven't forgot about greed. No, I haven't forgot about greed. Because greed is the obsession of accumulating material goods. That's what greed is. And the world is filled with greedy people. My mindset is we will never get delivered from these things till we come out from behind the curtain with them. Until we confess them. Until we acknowledge in the very presence of God we have a problem. Then we will not, we will not find any deliverance. This is good preaching. Praise the Lord. So this greed... It's a recipe for ruin. It's a recipe for destruction. And greed is a sin that we as Christians have been warned repeatedly about. Doesn't the Bible warn us about greed? In a recent Facebook quote, somebody asked this question. If money is the root of all evil, why church is always asking for it? I'm just trying to bless somebody. If money is the root of all evil, why do churches always ask for it? My wife responded by saying, it's not money. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. And then she opened the Bible and she turned to Malachi 3 and 10. Help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anybody know what Malachi 3 and 10 says? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Come on, saints of God, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I said, preach, first lady. Glory to God, my sister pastor. Preach, honey, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. If money's the root of all evil, then why church is asking for it? Because God's word told me to give. You want the blessing of God? Try him. That's the first instant in the scripture. That's the first time in the scripture that God himself said, try me. Put me on trial and see that if I won't bless you like I have declared. Anybody in here untried him? Can I get an amen, somebody? I said, is anybody in here already tried it? Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Won't God bless you? Won't God bless you so much you won't have room to store it? Won't God bless you, amen, if you bless him and bless others and build his kingdom? Won't God bless you? Yes, he will. Talking about greed, the obsession of accumulating material goods. Sit tight-fisted when somebody has a need. Amen. The Bible said in Paul's letter to the Corinthian believers, he said, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not love, I'm but a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal. Can I bring that to you in the 21st century? What Paul is saying is if we can't amen, demonstrate that love, if we can't display that love, he said we just a bunch of racket. All we are is a bunch of noise. Y'all know one thing that, that, that really makes my skin crawl as a Christian. That's the church having yard sales. Who? 
Ooh. Ooh, you want to rub me raw? Trying to sell something you ain't going to wear no more. Brother Larry even dropped his head and said amen. Come on, somebody. Let's bless the Lord. Got clothes hanging in the closet now. We know we ain't going to get in without Jenny Craig's help. Because we're gluttons. We're greedy. Gluttons. Full of lust. Can't say no to the golden arches. Preach, preacher. Praise the Lamb of God. How? 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 How, preacher? How? Impossible without the help of the Holy Ghost. It's impossible without God's presence in our lives. I know what some of you in this room are saying this morning. You're saying you're, you fasted and you prayed and God still ain't heard your prayer. But I want, I want, I want to help you this morning. I want, to, I want you to understand something very clearly. Uh, denial don't mean, delay don't mean denial. Just because God's pushed your blessing back doesn't mean you're not going to get it. Hallelujah, somebody. And I want you to know that I, I, I had a very vivid dream and I saw an individual and they were just travailing in the presence of God. I mean, they were just wailing out in the very presence of God. I mean, their face was filled with tears. They were as, they were as humble, amen, in the presence of God, just crying and praying their heart out. And the Holy Ghost just wants me to tell you this morning, just because God has delayed it don't mean He's denied it. Glory to the Lamb of God. Can I preach this to somebody? Somebody said, mm, I didn't feel that in my spirit. That's because feelings are fickle. Amen. And what comes from God doesn't come with feelings. It comes by faith, amen, in that he is who he says he is. He will do what he said he would do. I don't care what it looks like. Brother Five Cent Oxen Dine said, I will trust in the Lord. Whoa, glory to God. I don't care how many clouds, amen, gather and rain on your parade. God has got greater plans for you if you determine to do his will. Boy, that'll preach. Glory to God. You say, man, there's a war raging on the inside of me. Yes, there is. There's a war raging. Old Cherokee Indian was talking to his grandson. And he was telling his grandson that the two wolves that live inside us as being, he was trying to teach him something about this thing called life. We like to paint this illustration that they got, we got the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. Can I bless you? Can I preach this to the body of Christ? Y'all help me. I, I mean, I, is, is this good word or not? I said, boy, Sister Linda's got to where she even preaching now. Praise God. Pulling out the Bible, telling people what the Word of God said about giving. That's right. But how am I going to win this battle? Look at that wolf. Look at the dark side. Look how beautiful the other side is. We used an analogy last week where we talked about everything that was light, representing what was good. And darkness represented what was evil and wicked. Follow me, saints of God. I would to God I could tell you that when we sign up to serve Jesus, that we're not going to have to, we're going to have to fight to the end. But let this be a life lesson to us. The battle, winning the battle. Who wants to be victorious? Who in the household of faith today want to be successful in their service to God? I don't believe any Christian ever signed up to fail. Preach, Pastor. I don't believe any saint of God ever started on this journey with the intent of failing. But all too often our problem is, is that we don't plan to fail. We just fail to plan. Oh, my somebody. So life lesson. Get this. We all have hostilities. What are hostilities? Conflicts between the spirit and the flesh. Brother Anthony, the moment we decide to do only the will of God by being led by the Spirit, that's when the battle intensifies. Preach, Pastor. This one will catch you right here now. If you're not listening, you'll miss this. Righteousness does not come naturally. 
I said righteousness does not come naturally. Doesn't Paul say work out your own soul salvation with fear and with trembling? So how do we attain righteousness? Work. We work. Now, now, now Brother Michael, is, is, does righteousness come from God? Absolutely. Does God distribute righteousness to all men freely? Absolutely. But there is work that has to be done in our lives when? Daily. Daily. Work. Living for God's a body of work. Preach, Pastor. Living for God is a body of work. Listen, human nature would rather sin than suffer. Human nature, behavior, and character would rather sin than suffer. If you don't believe it, that's why you stop fasting after three days. Because human nature would rather sin than suffer, Paul. Human nature would say, oh, shine. Man, I know what I promised God, but ain't nobody looking. Human nature would rather sin than suffer. So how do we take up the battle against sin? I thought you would never ask. Can I preach this to you in the very presence of God? How do we take up the battle against sin? Listen to me. Glory to God. We chase down every sinful thought and we put it to death through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is how we win the battle of sin. Look at Colossians 3. And five, look at Colossians, Paul's letter to the Colossian believers. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry. How can I win this battle over these things? I chase them down and nail them to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's right. This fights to the finish. Hello, somebody. Stop whining about what you cannot do and look at your neighbor this morning and say, it's my winning season. Come on, I dare you right now in the presence of God. It's my winning season. Y'all ain't going to hear me. I said, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's my winning season. I dare you to tell the devil everything attached to me wins. Woo! Glory to God. I dare you to tell him. You might as well look at here, devil. Everything attached to me wins. Y'all chicken. Y'all scared. I don't see none of you seeing it. Everything attached to me wins. It's my winning season. I'm had enough of allowing my flesh to rise up in me. It's my, oh glory. It's my winning season, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. I'm going to put to death these members in the flesh by chasing down every evil thought and nailing it to the cross of Jesus Christ. Y'all ain't even convicted. It's my winning season. Woo! Let the devil hear you. It's my winning season. Everything attached to me wins. Y'all ain't gonna say it. Y'all chicken. What? It's my winning season. Everything attached to me wins. You lie from hell. You can't win in the shape you in. Oh boy, I can't lose with the stuff I use. Hallelujah. Somebody, you ought to stand on your feet and honor him right now. It's my win. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It's my winning season. I'm coming out. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. It's my winning season. Huh? Pastor, come here, Sister Ann. Come here. 
you want to come here it's my winning season receive it in Jesus name right now she going to need some help she going she going to need some help ladies she going to need some help glory to the lamb of god i'm talking about winning winning the war within it's my winning season hallelujah everything attached to me wins She's going to need some help. Come here, Murtis. Come here, baby. She's going to need some help. She's been attacked. She's been attacked. Sister Ann, it's your winning season. It's your winning season. Uh, praise God. It's just all. Praise the Lord. It's just all. Thank you, Jesus. It's my winning season. It's my winning season. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Who believe with them? Who believes? It's my winning season. Glory. There it is. There it is. It's my winning season. Yeah. It's my winning season. Everything attached to me wins. Jesus as a family today. Husband and wife. Husband and wife today. Yeah. I believe you're saved when you left your seat, son. Glory to God.
somebody it's my winning season it's a song this is a song I've been hearing it on my job I told a young lady who works with me I said I, I'm, I'm going to use that just as sure as God is God it's my winning season it said everything attached to me wins y'all ain't getting this who's sick and tired of being sick and tired I, ain't, I can't I can't listen I can't, I can't, listen, I can't go with all this wine. And I said, who's sick and tired of being sick and tired? Because when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will do like that woman with that issue of blood for 12, come here, Sister Ingrid, for 12 long, come here, baby. I don't do this, this got to be Jesus. I don't do this kind of stuff. This got to be the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you trust me? That's important. Do you believe I would never act out of character? That I would only obey what God would say? And God wants to do something for you. He wants to touch you bodily. You believe that? Uh huh. You hear what she said? She said, I have a test on tomorrow. Do you believe God wants to touch you bodily? One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. The God that heals me. She said, I believe that. Jesus said to that woman, your faith hath made you whole. On another occasion, Jesus asked a woman who was troubled, dost thou believe? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. Sister Ingrid, the flesh would rise up and promote the thought in the mind that God is in God is incapable of what he said. But I heard him in his word when he said, God is not a man, not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. Paraphrase in Numbers 23, 19. But what I have said, I am able to perform. Do you believe that? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Do you remember what the Lord said for Moses to tell the people before they embarked on the journey to the land of conquest? He said, tell them that the Lord their God is going before them. Do you believe God will be waiting at the doctor's? Oh, glory. you believe God will be waiting at the doctor's office on tomorrow? Hallelujah. How many believe God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. According to your faith, receive your healing. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Devil, I dare you. I dare you. I dare you to challenge God. He has no rival and or equal sister Anne by the power of God you claim healing somebody said pastor you one of them you one of them name it and claim it you one of them just blab it and grab it no I'm one of them that because God's word said it I already accept it can somebody say amen there's somebody else there's somebody else listen don't 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 frustrate God now come on there's somebody else. Come on. Come on in the presence of the Lord. You know who you are. You know who you are. What you want the Lord to do, baby? This is the baby that came last Sunday and said, Preacher, little area. I said, how did you come to church? She said, with Sister Mary Lois. And she said, Preacher, my mama missed a step. And she got hurt really bad. I want you to pray for her. Now her whole family came to Jesus today. This priest right here, this, this, this priest right here, daddy, the priest led his family to God. Yeah. He came to the altar. He said, preacher, my whole family wants to make things right with the Lord today. We want to rededicate our lives back to God. I said, son, I believe you're saved when you got out of your seat. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't the Lord do it? <laughs> I said, won't God do it? Oh, the faith of a child. Won't God do it? Listen. God's speaking to somebody else. Can I, can, I really, can I really disrupt this service for just a minute? Can I really disrupt this service? Can I? Y'all just play real soft, boys. Nicole, put that mic down and come here. Can I disrupt this service? Praise the Lord. Very vividly. Very vividly. The Lord revealed this to me. Now we look at Sister Nicole. She's a great blessing to the kingdom. Hmm? Lord called her husband in the ministry. She's been an awesome support to her husband. Accompany him on visits, trips to minister the gospel. Her singing puts him in an atmosphere to just let the word of God flow out of him. But they something deeper. They something deeper. And at this moment, at this moment, Sister Nicole's a private young lady. But I know what the Lord showed me. <laughs> I know what the Holy Ghost displayed in front of me early this morning. She was travailing in the presence of God. Private people only talk to God. I said private people only talk to God. They don't talk to other people. They don't have this circle of friends. They talk to God. I need to tell you, God heard you the first time. God heard you the first time. Come here, Con. You need a whipping because you didn't obey Jesus last week. And I know it. Hmm? You don't ever have to worry about a reprimand from me if you're under God's anointing. You act out what God has told you. It will be in accordance with His will. And I will be sensitive to it. Hmm? I don't prophesy. I don't prophesy often. But when the Lord uses me in the prophetic office, I'm going to be available. Sister Nicole, you and God know what it is. And the Lord just wants me to tell you, you don't have to cry anymore. He's going to honor your travail. Hmm? You and God know. And that's all that matters. And the Lord just told me to tell you this morning, it's your winning season. Oh, glory. It's your winning season. Hmm? Somebody would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Brother Con and Cole, they just went through one of the biggest battles in their life not too long ago. Got displaced from one job, thought they might have to leave the state to find something else, but God blessed them right here at home. Huh? Am I right, brother? Huh? And you tell me God ain't, huh? What? I said it's my winning season. I dare you to lift your hands right now and say I declare it's my winning season. And everything, Whoop, glory to God, that's attached to me, a wins. I refuse to let worry overwhelm my mind. I refuse to accept defeat in Jesus' name. Now somebody said, wait a minute, Pastor, now. The power of God didn't overwhelm these people. They didn't shout, weren't slain in the spirit in the floor. Listen, listen. It just takes faith to receive what God has said. Sometimes the power of God's presence overwhelms us that we melt like wax in his presence. But other times it just floods our heart and fills our mind with the goodness of God that we respond by saying, Lord, I receive glory to the Lamb of God. I receive your plan for me. Come here, ladies. Come here. 
we need to pray for him. Sister Cole, I ain't done. God ain't done. You say, hold on, preacher, we got, we got an event. They'll be there when I get there. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah to God. Glory to God, right now. Right now, all right now. And you know how long you've sought God for this matter. You know the effort that you have put in this body of work in the presence of God. And it's been some time now that the enemy said, you're not even significant because God ain't heard your prayer. But the Lord told me this morning to tell you, I heard you the first time. And victory belongs to you in Jesus' name, God, right now. Let the power of He, the Holy Ghost, confirm that which you have already spoken. Flood her heart right now in life. Lord, to know that indeed you are the God that hears and answers prayer. We give you all praise, honor, and glory right now. In Jesus' name, let the church shout, Amen. Amen.